welcome to Grace in the Shadows with Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. And this is season one, episode 14 today. If you have not heard our other broadcast, please definitely go back and give us a listen. And what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about narcissism. Narcissism. No, okay. Oh no. <laughs> narcissism. Can't... Woo, okay, all right. So tell me, what is narcissism, Dr. Beeler? Narcissism. Jerry? It's in a very interesting because narcissism really wasn't a uh popular diagnosis uh until after World War II. I mean it was out there. Okay. But uh, a lot of people think because of social media, because of capitalism, uh, because of uh, a lot of parenting styles, and just the selfishness and the focus on self, that narcissism has really skyrocketed. So can you give us a definition of what a narcissist is, please? A narcissist basically is someone that thinks they're the cat's meow oh. when they're not. Okay. I know that's not really the, the scientific definition. No, that's not really the scientific. Well, I'm going to I'm going to tell you a little more about that. Okay. Um, and as we're as we're talking about this, I'm yeah. sure people are going to be thinking about their bosses, their spouses, maybe their children and friends. Yeah, I mean, maybe this they is are surrounded by narcissists. Narcissist is very. This is one of the hardest uh, disorders. Okay. Or uh, what diagnosis to deal with? I'm sure. Because it's very, it's about the unholy trinity. Okay. Me, that? myself, and I. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, and, and it's really, there's not much genetics here. I mean, there may be some as far as MRI studies and things like that. And maybe some frontal lobe stuff going on there. But nothing major as far as genetics. So uh, you can't go to the doctor and be diagnosed Genetically speaking, no, they're not okay. going to find any scientific data, empirical evidence that you're a narcissist. Okay. Uh, but parenting styles uh, is very, a lot of people speculate could be a great uh, uh, reason for this diagnosis. I think uh, when you look at this overindulgent parents or the helicopter parents or the ones that are praising their kids over and over and over, for things they should be doing anyhow. Like you cleaned your room, little Johnny. Good job. The ones that think that yeah. every kid should get the trophy. At the yeah. End. Every kid. You know, used to, we could give awards out at schools. And I know the last several years, a lot of schools have started, have stopped giving awards and things like that. Well, of those type of parents. It's kind of this, you know, politically correct environment we have. Mm. Um, that has really, really, I think, done a disservice to people. True. It was kind of created by the narcissists themselves, I guess. Ironically. Huh. And we could really take off on we that. We could take off on that. But these kids grow up thinking that they're privileged and, uh, you know, basically deserve, be, uh, deserve things. They're entitled for things. So you can basically turn your kid into a narcissist by doing these oh, things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they think they're special. They think they're, yeah, we can go on and on. And also on the opposite end, mm -hmm. uh, parents that maybe were kind of uh, abusive, maybe they were very negative to the mm -hmm. kids, very uh, you know, verbally abusive. These kids grow up wanting to prove their parents wrong. Uh, and as a result, they think they're special. They so think they they're unique. Control yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah. I can see how that can come from both of those parenting type situations. Uh, as far as gender goes, 
it happens mostly in, in, in men. It's hard to really do studies on this because uh, no one wants to admit they're narcissists. But do you think that mostly that there's more men narcissists than women? That's what they say. That's what they say. And probably, probably, yeah, true. <laughs> probably because men have a tendency to, we've been in our culture to repress emotions. True. And that's probably a big part of that, so yeah. sure. Okay. But because they think they're the cat's meow, I like saying that. <laughs> that they're the they're center of the universe. It is very. It it really causes a lot of problems in relationships. Sure. Families, marriages, uh, work. Right. I mean, lots of money's lost. Lots of people are hurt. Yeah. And 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 they end up usually getting fired or or uh, reprimanded or causing conflict unneeded. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So it's a really bad thing. There's not a, really a pill to take or anything like that. So being an employee that's a narcissist, you're saying that they are more likely to lose their jobs because maybe they're standing up and thinking to their bosses and thinking they should get this promotion or they mm -hmm. should get this task or they should get this thing and so then uh, they the think they're better than the boss they think they're right i mean i can see where that yeah. would be a problem but i all on the opposite spectrum having a boss that's a narcissist that would cause a lot of trouble too oh that would cause a lot of, if you have a boss that is a narcissist and you could put this in relationships yeah anything anything um you know basically you know the person would feel that's working there that Basically, they would be a nervous wreck. Well, right, because that that boss that's a narcissist is always going to hover over them and nitpick mm -hmm. at everything that they do and, and mm -hmm. things like that. And so that would create a really toxic work environment, I'm sure. Because, see, the narcissist is, feels superior. Right. They feel entitled. They feel like they're better than anyone else. And they think that their workers should do whatever they ask, no questions. Oh, the worker is basically their slave. Yeah. And, and so, you know, they will exaggerate, they will lie, they will create un, un, um, really uncomfortable workplace environment for, for their for employees. So if you were married, if you were married to a narcissist or mm -hmm. you had a boss that's a narcissist, can you share with us how best to deal with that type of situation? Well, I was going to get to that a little bit later. Okay. Well, but, then we can uh, put that okay. I'm going to give some signs of narcissism. Oh, let's do that first then. Well, the first one is, is I just want superiority. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, I'm the cat's meow. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you could probably stroke their ego oh. if they are grandiose. Yeah. There's, there's different types of narcissists. There's the grandiose narcissist, oh. the vulnerable narcissist. And we're only going to talk really uh, in, in general today. A vulnerable narcissist? Yeah, well, I know. The grandiose basically thinks they want to hear uh, how great they are. Ah, so they want people to talk about how wonderful they it's are. It's kind of like Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, you know, when Daniel interpreted his dream mm -hmm. and said he was the head of gold, ah. he goes, he probably stopped listening to the interpretation of the prophecy. He probably did, just thinking about his head of gold. Yeah, yeah. he's probably going, whoa. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, exaggerated need for attention. Right. Validation. Mm -hmm. Perfectionist. Not wow. just not just type A. Right. This is like crazy perfectionism. Okay. Uh, great need for control. Hmm. 
I mean, they want, they you talk about micromanaging. They want to micromanage when their employee uses the restroom. Oh, that would be bad. Yeah. Some of them do. And that's, that's the scary part. That yeah. is scary. I don't think I would want to work in an environment oh, like that. Oh, yeah. No one does. No. Lack of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will start trying to get into your personal life, things like that, and mm-hmm. tell you what to do. Lack of empathy. They are mm-hmm. totally unable to empathize. They may act like they care, but in reality, they're trying to uh, get ammunition uh, because they don't empathize. They want, they want ammunition to use against you, and they will, to kind of uh, set you up. Manipulate. Yeah. Yeah. Gaslight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they cannot be vulnerable. They're unable to be vulnerable. That's sad. I mean, because everybody needs to show a little vulnerability. I mean, not that we need, you know, you know what I'm saying, but but you need to at least show a little bit of vulnerability just to show that you're human. Well, in reality, they're miserable. I'm sure. I'm sure. They don't know how. That's sad. Um, because their God is ultimately themselves. Isn't that what Satan said in the garden? Absolutely. And if you can't show vulnerability and you're, you're that type of person, how are you going to even have a really good relationship with God? That's right. Hmm. I mean, say you're in a workforce and your 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 boss that is a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you share something about yourself. Oh. That person would use it against you and say, "Well, that's why you can't do your job." Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it's cruel. That is cruel. Um, you know, and and this produces anxiety. I'm sure they do this so that they can make you anxious, and you could be their scapegoat. They take their anxiety, push it, put it on you mm-hmm. or the individual. Right. And they blame you for it. Oh, that's hard. Because they don't want to deal with it. Right. Now, that's that's messed up. That is a tough situation. Yeah. Here's some few, a few techniques that narcissists use to control people. Okay. Manipulation. All right. Manipulation is the biggest sign of narcissist abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to get their way. They'll do it any way they can. They'll manipulate and love, passion, any, anything they, they feel they need to get what they want or who they want. Ah. They're pathological liars, usually. Oh. Uh, they will lie. They will say something like, you didn't lock the door. When you did lock the door, no unlock it and say you didn't lock it. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Not everyone. But no, that's kind but that's of an example. example. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gaslighting. They do that so that they can make you look like the one that's crazy when they're the one that's crazy. Can you explain a little bit about what gaslighting means? Gaslighting, basically, uh, purposeful dialogue. To, with the per individual mm-hmm. to make them look like they're the ones with the problem Oh, when okay. they're the ones with the issue. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. And so that's what that is. Okay. Emotional blackmail. Basically, that's when they take your secrets. Uh-huh. You know, they'll come to you and say, are you okay? <laughs> Can you tell me some, what's going on? It's not going to leave here. Uh, but then they'll take it. They're making you vulnerable and yep. taking your vulnerability. And that's abusive. That is abusive. That's awful. And that happens in marriages and in and the workforce and, and what have you. Families, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and co- competition. Competition. Mm. Uh, there's nothing friendly about the narcissist uh, in ex- extremely competitive, competitive nature. They will win at all costs. And men- if they lose, they really lose it. Ah. You could tell as therapists, uh, we often, especially with kids, mm-hmm. um, play games ah. because playing a game, chess or, or you know, 
mm-hmm. Candyland, whatever you're playing, you're able to really let down their guard and uh, share emotions more uh, easily. Yeah, you can learn a lot about somebody playing mm-hmm. games with them, definitely. But a narcissist, they cannot take losing. Ah. They will cry and hit their hands on the table and cuss yeah. up a storm. Oh. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Comparisons. Mm-hmm. They'll compare you to other people or they'll compare their self. Ultimately, they're doing that to make themselves look good. Right, make themselves stand out. uh, Rage. Some narcissists are very rageful, um, very much. And they like to make you think that you can always talk to them about anything, that they're the best thing since sliced bread. So I can see how, you know, if you're – in a relationship with a person like this or, mm-hmm. or working for a person like this, probably in the beginning you think, Hey, this person's really cool, really neat. But mm-hmm. I'm sure as you get to know them longer, these, they're very charming. Yeah. Until yeah. you really get to know them and you see these tendencies come out. Mm. How to deal with the narcissist, what to do, educate yourself. Okay. Number one. I'm giving you the secular first. Okay. And uh, But there's a biblical thing, too. All right. So how to deal with them. All right. Uh, educate yourself on it. You know, strengths and weaknesses. There are some strengths. They're usually very, uh, uh, you know, they are perfectionists. Mm-hmm. They are very much go-getters. Right. Um, Which can be a good thing. So, yeah. yeah. And okay. that's very, some of the few uh, positives to that. Gotcha. To that. Create boundaries. Oh, definitely. I'm sure. But also make sure you use the right wording. Ah. Because if you really think about what you're saying to a narcissist, they don't take criticism very well. Mm, Okay. Uh, Stay calm. Sometimes when they will react or they will try to pick a fight after you've talked to them about something uh, in a constructive way. Uh, Because, but what I recommend to people dealing with this, the gaslighting, Mm -hmm. is don't let them get to you. Don't let them see you sweat. Yeah. Um, Because then they feel they've got you. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. And just look at them like a three-year-old who feels rejected from the parents. Because <laughs> they really are. Right. In reality. And that makes uh, sense. Okay. Create a support si- support system. Yes. Um, and bring in a counselor. Bring in a therapist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Yes, for you personally. And then if it's a, if it's a marriage relationship, definitely mm-hmm. uh, try to get them on board with a a joint, a couple session, definitely. Mm-hmm. Some things not to do. Okay. Not to do. Don't argue or confront. Right. Uh, if you're going to do that, make sure you're you're going to you use your words. You, you role play what you're going to say before you say it. You really have to think through what you're going to say to a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Or they'll blow. Right. Yeah. Uh, try not to di- Don't try to direct them. Okay. Okay. Uh, narcissists like to have control and often fear losing it. Okay. So this is the type of person that you want to try to guide them to a decision or yes. to, okay. It may start off like, Hey, you are awesome. Mm-hmm. How did you think of all this? Right. You know, I think we can do this even better if we did it like this. Right. Instead or ask of, them, how do you think we could do this better and hope that they kind of go. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Um, they don't like to admit they're wrong. And they won't apologize. Right. Okay. Mostly. Mostly. Don't expect deep, meaningful conversations or communication. Oh. Because they have little empathy, right? Right. They're very shallow. So you wouldn't really be able to share about issues you were having and expect to have an open dialogue with a person like that. 
don't go over past issues. Because mm-hmm. remember, once again, lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. Lack of empathy. But what does the Bible say all this? Well, Paul says some interesting things. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5 is very clear. Okay. Understand this. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without control, brutal, not loving a good, treacherous, reckless, swollen, with conceit, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. So Paul was telling us that these people... Are narcissists. Right, and... It's talking about the end times. I know at the beginning of our mm-hmm. broadcasts, or our podcast, you were discussing that um, didn't see this until after World War II. Right. Yeah. So this kind well, of, it was out there, but well, it wasn't yeah, it was as out pronounced. There, but not as pronounced. No. And th- these verses even back that up. Well, we have selfies. We have self-help. <laughs> yeah, I do we like have a lot of selfies. Self- oh, nothing wrong with it. <laughs> no, well, I do think our environment, though, yes, I agree, has kind of created the perfect storm for it. My kids make fun of me for selfies, so selfies. I need to stop. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a narcissist, I promise. But I think you know it's possible the Apostle Paul could have been oh. before he got saved. I bet he, I I can see that. If you don't know the story of of Paul, who was. Mm-hmm. Before known as Saul, look him up. I can see where he would have been a, a narcissist. He was a bad dude, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, Paul in Philippians uh, says this, and this is why I think the only hope for a narcissist is the gospel. Mm. Now, listen to what Paul says. Okay, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee, it's for the zeal persecuting the church. It's for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ or done. What is more, I consider everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage or rubbish or dumb that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteous that comes from God on the basis of faith. Now, this right here is Paul's presentation. I think he's hinting at he used to be like that. I think so, too. I think so, too. And, you know, he probably was even hard, too, as a Christian at times. Right. Well, yeah, you can look at the different stories and and see that. But I think here what we see is the gospel changed, Paul, Mm -hmm. and the gospel can change your loved one. Absolutely. Absolutely. The gospel can make wonderful changes. Of course, the most wonderful change is to have Jesus as your personal Lord. How do we do that? Well, you have to admit that you're a sinner and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. ask him into your life as your personal Lord and Savior. Amen. And if you've not done that, please reach out. We do always in our program notes put how to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We also have a place where you can email us if you have any comments or questions. Getting a lot of good ones. Yes, or even any suggestions for future topics. So. Please do check those out, and uh, we do share notes from where we get our Mm -hmm. ideas for the broadcast, so please uh, reach out and listen to that, and I guess we need to wrap things up now. Yeah, and you know, 
as we as we've started these broad podcasts, kind of covering things in a more broad manner, right? And and eventually, in the near future, mm-hmm. we will be even more specific on because there is there are different types of narcissism, absolutely, and different types of anxiety and different yes. types of depression. So we'll revisit yeah. those things, so. absolutely. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Please reach out. Let us know that you're listening, where you're listening from. Uh, We'd love to talk to you. Please email us. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Amen.